Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Seer Soccer Studs podcast, where we discuss the beautiful game with a southern twang. I'm your co-host Matt, and I'm Joe. So Matt, are you ready to cut this biscuit? I think so, Joe. It's been a long time since I had a biscuit, so let's let's cut it. Let's put some butter. Let's yep. put everything on it, man. Out with the old and with the new. No cheese. Let's throw Dang. some bacon. A little country ham. Eggs. Country ham. I don't Ooh. even care. Throw some tots on there, too. Dang. All right. All right. Well, everyone, welcome back to the Sears Soccer Studs podcast. Hot to mighty. We, we back. <laughs> We've been away for a little while, but uh, we are back. Joe, how you been? Been good, my friend. Been uh, doing a little traveling, a little uh, live soccer action. Yeah, tell so, tell everybody about yeah, it. Yeah, I'm going to tell the world. Uh, yeah, went with my girlfriend, a.k.a. El Presidente, down to Miami. Uh, yeah, saw Miami lose to Galaxy. Uh did a little boat ride. Saw yeah. DJ Khaled's house. Yeah. Yeah. He did not uh, let us in, but yeah, man, had a good time. Good. Um, Miami fans, much respect. If y'all can get down there to check out a game, I recommend it. Ideally, not in 90 degree weather on uh, aluminum bleachers. Uh, maybe catch a night game, but great time. Did they have their own field? They do, right? Yes, they do. Yeah, nice. it's in Fort Lauderdale. Sweet. But it's cool. Yeah, standing room, like standing section only. You know, you're not meant to sit. Yeah, like holders for your beer, everything. Beverages. So true hooliganism. It's, yeah, it's uh, good. Flares, pink flares. It's like the craziest gender reveal party you've ever seen. Wow. (laughs) I like it. Well, Joe, you jammed a song earlier. Yes, sir. Do you want to tell the world about it as well? I think I will. Yep. Uh, South Carolina's own Porter Robinson he got a new album out I've been listening to it pretty exclusively uh, past couple of days but yeah the song is called Something Comforting we'll put a link to it yeah it's a banger good album I mean check out the guy's whole catalog uh, yeah I first heard about him when I was in Australia you don't really hear about him too much here for whatever reason but he is uh, really impressive I like him a lot so check him out very nice. All right. Well, everyone, there's been a few things that have gone on recently. Um, you may or may not have heard of it. Something called the Super League. Yeah, I think I heard of it. Yeah. So we want to kind of discuss that because both of our teams were involved in it and in the inception of it. And we as Americans would like to discuss how we feel on it. Going to do some, probably something a little bit different where we do kind of a devil's advocate on it. Um, we don't mean the Keanu Reeves movie? Oh, great movie. <laughs> yeah, shout out <laughs> Keanu. Man, Keanu just, he does not do bad movies. Late nights, Keanu. <laughs> no. Oh, man. No. And he's a heck of a guy from what I understand. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, true Southern gentleman, but yep. not from the South, probably. No. I think he's Canadian. 
Is he? Yeah. Seems about right. Yeah. They're the they're the two true northern southern gentlemen. <laughs> I don't know what I'm trying to say. It's all right. We'll roll with it. Yeah. So play a little devil's advocate with it. Um and so we will go over how we feel on all of this. But basically the Super League it came out a couple weeks ago that 12 teams had signed up for the Super League. And, Joe, if you know any other statistics on this, please feel free to throw some out there. Well, I think the funniest thing, and this was kind of my first indication, and not everything was as it seemed because I said 12 teams. And then for a brief moment, they were like 15 teams. I'm like, oh, okay, okay. Then it was back to 12. And I was like, huh, something's, yeah. something's wrong. Yeah, so originally the founding teams, the founding 12 teams, were six from England, three from Spain, and three from Italy. And that included Manchester United, Mm -hmm. Chelsea, Liverpool, Arsenal, Tottenham, and Man City, the so-called Big Six. Out of Spain, it was Real Madrid, Atletico Madrid and Barcelona. Mm-hmm. And out of Italy, it was Inter Milan, AC Milan, and Juventus. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the major players and all of these. Um, but, like Joe said, they started off with 12, and then at one point it was going to be 15. And that 15 is the number they came up with, is that 15 were always going to be in the league. Right. So they were trying to get about three more. And they were waiting on these three teams to sign up, and then those were going to be the, the 15 teams that would never get relegated out of this league. Yeah, I think they were what, planning to have five who could – they never really explained how or um, by what method these five would jump in, but, yeah, five rotating other teams. Yep, yep. They could qualify. Those five teams could qualify for the Super League. All right, so – what I want to focus on is the guy that's been kind of – he's probably the brainchild of it. The Real Madrid president um, – what's his first name? Florentino Perez? Yes. Okay. So he has been the most vocal on this. But from my understanding, it was really him and then the Liverpool and Man United owners, the American owners. mm that were pushing this. Um, So we, being Americans, thought that we should give our kind of take on it. And we we definitely will. We shall. All right. All right. So I'm going to read a couple of things that Florentino Perez has come out and said. Senor Perez. Senor Perez. Thank you, Joe. So the first one is, 16 to 24 year olds are just not no longer interested in the game. Hmm. Yeah. So what he's trying to do is basically since they're no longer interested, they play a lot more FIFA. So when you play FIFA, you play, you know, you can play against any yeah. team. It's like so, a 5 minute half. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. what he's trying to basically say is that these 16 to 24 year olds would rather see Barcelona versus Man United week in, week out than Man United versus Burnley. Yep. Or, you know, 
Real versus Granada. Yeah, exactly. So, Joe, 16 to 24-year-olds, the FIFA generation. Uh-huh. They don't care about Man U versus Burnley. What do you have to say to that? Mm, I think they're wrong. But he's on to something. The online generation, TikTok, all that good stuff. Yeah, the clubs do need to have a component of that. Um, like Ajax, for example, big into esports. You know, we're a pioneer. Like basically having an esports team to go along with, you know, actual physical team. Wow. Like actually getting a guy and be like, here, put on the Ajax jersey. We're going to pay you to play FIFA <laughs> for Ajax. Wow. Yeah, stuff like that. Um which I'm not sure of all the details, but yeah, I know they've been a pioneer in that area. But I think, yeah, you got to, um, you can't just be lazy and expect to rack up the bucks from the same old revenue streams. Yeah, I get that. And um, yeah, this failed Super League was, you know, it was an idea, but that's not the way to go about it, which we'll talk about, about that a little bit more. But yeah, he's on to something like, I think attention spans, that's a fair argument. But I don't think I don't see them getting away from the game or not following it. But you got to be a little smarter in how you reach them. Uh, I mean, no twenty-year-old is going to be paying uh, you know hundred bucks for a ticket to go see a live game. Whereas you know, like nineteen seventies, yeah, you paid like three pounds to go see Liverpool, whatever. Yep. So yep. yeah, I mean, he's on to something. But you got to be smarter in how you do it. Yeah, and that's one thing that we need to say is it came out a couple weeks ago, and within two days it was shut down by quite a bit of hostility coming from fans and it really started in England and so you know a lot of people will say well the Chelsea fans you know mm-hmm. were the ones credit that did to this. Chelsea yeah I don't know if they were um, I think it was a little bit of ex-players a lot of media coverage on it and just the response that it got was completely negative yes it's probably so, like 99.9 percent negative yeah so it it was in and it was out before it even got started yeah so lasted what two days yes and so that's good it's good good that that happened so i got a few points on the 16 to 24 year olds and one of them that you you just went over right now a 16 to 24 year old could not afford to go see Chelsea, could not afford to go see Man U. Unless it's like a League Cup game at night, they're not going to be able to afford that. So, you know, I know that most of these these clubs are getting their revenue. Their main revenue comes from TV. Yes. Yeah, not the actual match day stadium. Correct. It's it's just a drop mm-hmm. in a big old bucket of water. Yep. <laughs> so, if that's the case, why not make it more inviting for those those age groups? Why not once we get back into a, a situation where people can get into stadiums and watch games? Why not make it you know in certain sections standing room only, right? Mm. Why not make it where the prices aren't a hundred hundred dollars or you know 70 70 80 pounds per ticket just for you know the worst seats in there i just i if you want to have 16 to 24 year olds allow them in yeah. make it i mean shoot when i was that age 
if you told me like, hey, you can go see Chelsea play anybody, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, I want to go. Oh, it's a hundred dollars. Um, actually, I, I, you know, I can probably go out to a bar. <laughs> you know, five or six to 12 times with that same money and still have a good time. Exactly. Especially at East Carolina. So. Thirsty Thursdays. (laughs) Oh, man. It was basically it started on Wednesday and it didn't stop. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, you just, if you want that generation, that crowd, that age group, sorry, the demographic to come in, then make it so that they can come in, you know, Make the prices a little more cheap. Yep, I would say that. And and let's take uh, okay, you're a 20 year old who doesn't live where they can go to a game. Like you live in a different country. Well, for starters, I would stop blocking the highlights. I would go all in. Like let these things spread, let them dissipate out there. Don't be uh, putting them behind some firewall where you can't access the latest messy goal or whatever. Right. No. You should tap into the TikTok streams, the, all that stuff. Yeah, have your own whatever. Get it out there and make it easy so people can share that stuff. Because, yeah, that is the language they a lot of them speak. And then you're trying to block it, control it, or you got to log into two different apps and then can't watch the game because, oh, well, uh, somebody else bought the rights for this cup or whatever. Exactly. So, exactly. yeah, I would make it a lot easier for people to watch and share and just try to tap into it instead of, you know, fighting it or, I don't know creating a whole crazy league that's walled off and destroys all semblance of competition. Yep, yep, and that was my second was going to be my second point. You know, we are very fortunate that we can watch the Premier League with ease over here. You don't have to have, you know, it's not a crazy amount of money to watch all the games over here. You know, you've you've got to have the Peacock app, which yep. is what 6 bucks a month, six 5. Book. Yep. And then, you know, access to NBC Sports, which you know, if you, that's, I mean, cable access, which could be, you know, 30, 40 to 60 bucks. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to pay that just because that's what I want to see. Now I have all the other ones as well, because I want to watch the Champions League. I want to watch the League Cup games. I want to see all of that. Mm -hmm. So we're really fortunate, but you know, I saw a quote today from a younger younger person no I think it was like a a journalist saying that yeah he used to love when he was that age to watch some of the games but then BT took that away and so now they have to you know go through like you're saying firewalls and all kinds of different basically they spend more money in England to watch their local team than we do over here yeah I mean that's that's ridiculous like it's gotten worse for us but it's still not on their level. No. And we used to have it. I mean, shoot, like Champions League was free. Just watch ESPN. That was yeah. the heyday for us. But, yeah, it's, it's changed. But, yeah, I would, I would go all in on that stuff. Like, And I think if you set, you know, a certain price, price point for the games, I would rather them do, you know, the entire season or league. You know, set a certain price point. You're going to make your money back, you know. But what I'm afraid is that they're going to start making it like boxing or MMA, where the big games, especially something like the Super League, would have been pay-per-view. Yeah, it's like Conor McGregor fight or something. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's just that's, that's really frustrating. So, 
Perez says 16 to 24 that are no longer interested. Well, you priced them out. That's why they're no longer interested. So yep. you're greedy. <laughs> I think that's going to be kind of a theme. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so everybody wants to see the big names, mm-hmm. the big players mm-hmm. on the big teams and playing each other week in, week out. What do you have to say to that? Well, Matt, I knew you growing up. I knew your parents. What was your favorite meal Ooh. your mom used to cook? That's a good question, man. I, I probably got to say just, man, some hot dogs. Hot dog. Oh, that's hot right. Hot dogs with chili and coleslaw, you know, uh, maybe some cheese. Okay, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I'm a well, little. Let's say, yeah, she, you know, your mom fires you up hot dogs, breakfast, lunch, dinner, day after day after day. Now, knowing you, yeah, you probably could take could it. Take but it, yeah, yeah. but uh, <laughs> the metaphor is, uh, yeah, you don't want it. Too much. What too makes much it special? Thing. Yeah, what makes it special is the fact that it's a little rare. Um, just like a great Champions League game. Like, oh, you can't wait. But if that was every single weekend, it would lose its luster pretty quickly. Maybe not the first season, but yeah, moving forward, I think it would get old. Um, so the, the mere fact that it has some scarcity to it gives it value. Yeah. I think that's the genius of the NFL. Uh, take a little uh, detour. You know, what is it, 16, 17-game regular season? Yeah. It's every game matters, then the season's over, unless you make playoffs. Like, it gives every weekend some weight, you know, yep. and then the season's over. Uh, yes, you don't want – I mean, the calendar for soccer is already crazy enough as it is. But, yeah, I would not want to see, you know, these teams. It's so special when they play in the Champions League. Chelsea, uh, Real Madrid today. Yep. Great game. Yep. That's wow. what you love to see. I'll try to watch that a little bit later. I got a new job, and yeah. Uh-huh. Not being able to spend as much time with the footy, but that's okay. Yeah, and if your team, um, yeah, is not good enough, a.k.a. Manchester United this year and seasons past, well, you know what? You don't get to play those lucrative, amazing, fun, and, um, yeah, like I said, lucrative, money-making games versus the big boys. Got to earn it. So, I think it was Enright for Arsenal, former former player. Yes. Yep. Um, Legend. He came out with a quote, and I'm I think this is him. It was a I know it was an Arsenal player. I can't remember which one, but came out and said basically, yes, we want to be able to play Barcelona, but we want to earn the right to play Barcelona. And man, I that's all I have to say. Yeah. Like it, you're exactly right. Too much of a good thing can be bad. Right now, being able is is Chelsea hasn't been to a semifinal since 2014. I'm so ecstatic that we are there now, but we earned that. We didn't just just kind of get our way and be able to play them just on a weekly basis. Yeah, like it should we, be a privilege that you earn. Privilege, thank and you. And that, uh, yeah, it gives it meaning. You know, whereas if it's every weekend, well, it loses that luster real quick. Yeah, one of the greatest days of my life, besides my wedding, <laughs> got to throw that in there, was the day that Chelsea won the Champions League back in 2012 after heartbreak years before. And we, man, I, I just, we were playing Bayern Munich against 
we were playing Bayern Munich in their home stadium, and we were not the best team. We beat a Barcelona team that should have beat us nine times out of ten. But we earned it. We earned it that day. And, man, that still to this day is like one of the greatest. I cried, man. Mm. Tears of joy. It was wonderful. So, yeah, you want to be able to earn it. So, all right, let's move on to, okay, as much as we don't want to think about this, soccer is a business, and this guaranteed mass, massive amounts of money. Mm. I don't know if it's quite as guaranteed as they thought. But, I mean, I get what they're going with. I mean, they want a sure thing. You know, COVID has only accelerated those trends. You know, all these shutdowns, all this stuff. Like, it's hurt a lot of big, big clubs in the pocketbook, in the wallet. Well, hold on just one second. Okay. Because I want to say something about that. Yes, COVID has hurt. But a lot of these people, a lot of these clubs are already in financial debt due to poor decision-making by who they bought, who they sold. Yes. Real Madrid, especially. You know, they're one of the big ones that, out of this whole Super League that's in huge financial debt. The Spanish League is is not – La Liga is not doing well. Yeah. The Spanish teams well, are not doing yeah, well. Yeah, Barcelona, same story. Incredible debt. Incredible debt. But it was poor decision-making by their, their higher-ups. Yeah. And that's kind of like, you know, here in the U.S., when a very big financial institution makes some poor decisions, it's like, oh, we'll just bail you out. No, that's not the way that should work. Yeah. Well, a lot of the – there's kind of different uh, different teams are in different situations, different motivations for the league. Um, but yeah, financially, it's a big, uh, you know, driver of their decision to do this. Yeah, no they doubt. were – they were guaranteed quite a bit of money. Like if you win the Champions League, I think you get like roughly 130 million for winning the Champions League. They were going to get like four to five times that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, J.P. Morgan was backing it. Yeah, a lot. Yeah, a lot of money was it was coming their way. And what was crazy is J.P. Morgan wasn't financing it. They were using it as debt finance. Mm. So. Even though they said that they were, you know, supporting this, it's all used as debt. So it was just borrowed money already. Yes. And that's just, that's just keeping like it going. A terrible idea. Well, it's just keeping the whole cycle going. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, yeah. I mean, it's tough for them, especially a lot of Liga teams. Like they, I mean, they get, you know, a lot of breaks, I guess, the government and get favorable loans and all this stuff. A little different than in England, but, um, yeah, they also struggle with, you know, matching the Premier League in terms of the TV money and all that. So it is tough. But, yeah, like you said, they're, they're paying for bad decisions they made, contracts, crazy salaries, wages, transfers, you name it. Like, they, they keep doing it. So with that being said, you know, about clubs being in debt, you know, this is going to bring in a lot of money. So this, this is Perez again. <laughs> yep. This will save football. No. Why not, Joe? It would ruin it. What's the point of trying to make an extra buck when, uh, and we just saw the earliest glimmers of this phenomenon, your team can't even make it to the stadium because fans are blocking the way. Yep. 
I mean, it's untenable situation. Like he can think of money all he wants, but there's a lot of other factors that, yeah, when they get um, organized, they're not going to let you have this league. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good point. And we just saw the earliest, you know, it only literally took two days. Yep. I mean, there was stuff planned for Manchester United Liverpool fans to come together at this weekend's game. Like they that. broke into the – Well, yeah, Manchester – yeah. Broke into the training ground. Like it was just starting, yeah. Like we only got a few days' taste of what it really would have been like if had they pressed ahead. They, I mean, this would have destroyed football. Yes. Yep. And so my point on that, he's saying it will save football. From my understanding – there's 15 teams that they wanted in this league, and only five that can qualify for it. How many teams are in Europe, Joe? A lot more than that. So let's just talk about England in, in general. How many leagues are in England? Was it nine? Eight? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How many tiers of the pyramid? Yeah. Yeah. So Quite and you've got like anywhere from 15 to 24 teams in each of those leagues. Then you got Spanish, the Italian, the German, the Dutch. Yeah, France. Portuguese. Like, I mean. Belgian. I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding, Belgians. You know, you're talking about, for instance, you know, I'm, I'm going to throw a dig at Tottenham, mm. right? Mm, Tottenham's in the, uh, was in the Europa League, and they wanted to be a part of this Super League. They got knocked out by who was it? Dynamo Kiev. Kiev, or I don't think it was. It was one of those. Oh, um, yeah. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe like even a Croatian yeah. team. Yes, yeah, it was Zagreb, maybe. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Dynamo Zagreb. Yeah. Yeah, they got knocked out by you know a team that we we probably aren't pronouncing correctly. Yeah. Mm-mm. Guarantee we aren't. Soccer's a beautiful game. Upsets can happen. Every single day, if you do not show up, but they were wanting to keep it as fifteen people and only five teams being able to come into this. How do you decide that, and how does it? How do those five teams that are able to get in? How is that saving the rest of the thousand teams that are around? I, I just I don't understand it. Mm. I don't know how he can even think that. Those five teams. It's just you know. No, he he was wrong. Yeah, he was thinking of the finances, but uh, yeah, soccer slash football is a lot more than just money. Okay, so this is another thing because it's it was you know supposed to be challenging the Champions League, right? Which I think is the greatest tournament. You know, I'd rather see the Champions League tournament than anything else. And that's that's me. Mm-hmm. I know you're a World Cup, you're an international, you know. I to be honest, I'd rather see Chelsea win the Champions League than the US win the World Cup. Ooh. That's take. me. Mm, that's okay. me. But don't get me wrong, if the US ever did make it that far, I would be all over it. I'm I'm getting more into the U.S. team, especially with these younger players. I'm following them a lot more. Right. I really appreciate who we've got playing, and Greg with three G's. <laughs> yeah. Burhalter. Burhalter. Yeah, I think he's doing a good job. So we've got a lot of good talent coming through, and I'm I'm excited. But I'm a club man. I'm sorry. Mm. It's just how I am. Okay. 
With that being said, this is supposed to the Super League was supposed to challenge the Champions League. So the Champions League is a monopoly, and people only care about the games from the quarterfinals on. No one cares about the games before. Mm, so the I Greek say, stages. Yeah, I wouldn't say that much. Which I've got a problem with the format. Work changed the format. Like I, I'm a fan of the knockout, the rounds, the later rounds. Yeah. Um, you know, the home and away format I think is pretty much perfect. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. It's, you know, it sets up some incredible drama. And those games, yeah, I'll be completely honest. Like, I try not to miss those where I might miss a group stage game due to time. You know, you come on the afternoon here when we got jobs, blah, blah, blah. Right. So I see where he's going, but yeah, work to, you know, reformat it, make it a little more exciting. Well, they did reformat That's it. That's true. I and think they made it worse. <laughs> they made it worse. They made it. A- Nobody talked to the players. You know, how are they going to fit an extra, I think it's like 10 extra games into this season? No. Crazy? So what I would say about that, no one cares about the group stages. What about the teams that have never been in the Champions League that qualify for it? And they're playing somebody like Real Madrid. And those young guys get to travel and play Los Blancos, you know? You think that they don't care about that? Oh, absolutely. You think if somebody growing up watched Messi in eastern Cambodia. (laughs) I'm sorry. That's very specific. (laughs) I know that's not part of Europe. No. Yeah. (laughs) So let's just say, you know, some far off. Wakanda. There you go. Okay. So they, one of their teams makes it to the Champions League, and they play against Barcelona in the group stages. Do you think they don't care about seeing Messi or trying to get his jersey to say, tell all of his kids, his grandkids, like, I played against one of the greatest, if not the greatest of all time. And that's the magic. It can happen. It can. It's not walled off. I mean, it's tough. I'd like to see it be a little less tough, but, um, yeah. No, it, it. They were wanting to make it impossible for that to ever happen. And that's just. It's taken the. The beautiful game away, from. Yeah, from people. It's just, wow. I mean, even. Even the players are fans. And the players don't like this. No. It's just. Oh. Okay. No, it was a spectacularly stupid execution. I think the idea was bad in general, but execution was horrendous. So that was some of what Perez has said. Yep. Um, I won't go into the whole thing. We we clearly have kind of talked through that this guy's a flaming idiot. So I want to get your take on how you feel about your club being a part of this and being one of the heads of the founding. Now, I think there is to say with there's basically three different types of teams that were in this Super League. You had really the the founding, the heads of it. So Liverpool, Manchester United, Real Madrid, maybe Arsenal, mm-hmm. maybe. Yeah. And then you had the rest of them. I think oh. Juventus probably in that group. Okay, Juventus as well. But then you had just 
people like Inter Milan, AC, maybe Barcelona, definitely Atletico, Tottenham. They just wanted to join because you they didn't want to get out. yeah left behind. Mm-hmm. And then, from my understanding, two teams, Manchester City and Chelsea, they kind of found out at the very like last second, like, hey, we're doing this, jump on board or you're going to get left behind. And I think they made a last-minute deci- decision just to say, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll be a part of it, whatever. Because every Chelsea was the first one to say, we're preparing papers to pull out. Yep. Man City actually was the first one to get out of the Super League. So I want to give them a little bit of credit. And from everything that I've heard, Chelsea and Man City got it last second, and they were like, we don't want to get left behind. you know. So, yeah, we'll join. But that doesn't excuse them Mm-mm. at all. No. So – I want to get your take on Man U being one of the heads of this. And also, right at the same time, Ed Woodward. Mm-hmm. So discuss that as well. Yep. Ed Woodward basically had to fall on his sword, take one for the team, and get out of there. Um, you know, he's going to take the heat on this. They'll probably replace him with uh, somebody very similar, some sort of lackey. Uh, by they, I mean the Glazer family. Um, you know, they did a very, uh, you know, leveraged takeover back in the day, whenever that was, 16 years ago, 12 years ago, I forget. Been quite a while. Um, but, yeah, what you were touching on, and I think this is important, and I think this is kind of why Liverpool, to a lesser extent, Arsenal, you know, Stan Kroenke, uh, and the Glazers in particular, uh, the one difference between them, well, I mean, obviously there's several, but one main difference between them and let's say the owners of Chelsea, Abramovich, and was it Abu Dhabi, yep. uh, the Man City owners, uh, they come from an American sports background and sports empire, really, on several teams. And the one kicker is that there's no relegation in any of these leagues. And they have, you know, pretty successful um, stints as owners of these teams. I mean, it varies, but they're in it for money. And they want to replicate those practices in England. So no matter what, there's no consequences. Correct. It's a closed system. You could suck so badly. You'd be Tampa Bay Bucks and you suck for so long. Then and you, you flip get it. a Hail Mary of Tom Brady. Yeah, and you're guaranteed money. Yeah, you're never going to be relegated. You're never going to be pushed aside and be out of the NFL. Um, so that's, I mean, they, they're successful. You know, I mean, Arsenal's owner, I mean, is the most slimy, worthless guy, I think, of the bunch. But he's very shrewd, and he makes money. Like, he would probably sell his own wife out for, you know, extra billion. I have no doubt. Um, but he makes, you know, money on these things and their assets and they appreciate, um, yeah, he wants, uh, yeah, he would be, I know he had to be just frothing at the mouth to get that sort of closed system, you know, get Arsenal in that. Yeah. This is the same guy that when the pandemic happened, he asked his own players to take a pay cut. I think it was about a 12% pay cut 
so that he wouldn't furlough any of the supporting staff, the extra workers that work around the grounds. So Arsenal players got together and said, yeah, yeah, we'll do that. I mean, these people help us out a lot. They do more behind the scenes than we will ever know. What happened? <laughs> he furloughed yeah. them anyway. Yeah, including Gunnersaurus. Yes. And then, which Gunnersaurus was a whole different story. He was, I mean, it was one one guy that had been the mascot for like 20-something 20, 20 yeah. years. Like, yeah, like over two decades. Yeah. And then, after he does that, he goes out and basically says, you know, we, we don't have any money to pay these workers, but then goes and spends $50 million on a new player. That, man, that's just – I know Arsenal fans, they're, they're very interesting, <laughs> Arsenal fans. But they had to be extremely pissed off about that. I mean, he's just what, – what you said, he's a slimy, slimy dude. I think even the other billionaires are like, this guy is a different breed. Like he has no heart whatsoever. Like these are just assets, and I mean to a lesser degree. Same with um, you know, fin was it Fenway Sports? Yeah, um, FGS. Yeah, no yes. FSG. FSG uh, and the Glazers. I mean they're in it to make money. Um, so this is I think that's why they were and they've made money in the American system. So yeah, they were trying to somehow replicate that, and they were kind of driving it. Whereas you know Abramovich. He's not really in Chelsea to make money. It's kind of a fun thing for him, and it's kind of a... He's truly passionate about the club. Yeah, he loves it. It's kind of a, I wouldn't say a play thing, but he, yeah, he don't need the money that Chelsea brings in. He's not looking to sell. Um, you know, Man City, their owners, it's more of a, you know, positive image, PR generating machine for them, like soft power. It's not really designed to make money for them. They don't need the money. Yeah, I mean, they spent close to 300 million just on defenders. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, their owners are playing the long game. Like you have the wealth of entire country, basically sovereign state. Yes. So yeah, they're not, they're thinking more in those terms rather than, uh, let's just make extra hundred million here off player sales or something. No. So we talked, you talked about promotion relegation, I personally, when I found out, you know, I I started watching the English Premier League, you know, on that couch up in Asheville with you that time mm-hmm. back in 2003. First fateful, game. Fateful day. Yeah, changed my life. <laughs> um, once I kind of started to understand what was going on with promotion and relegation, it seems like that's real life. If you fail – yeah, you kind of get punished for it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not the American system where the Cleveland Browns can just basically try to stink up the whole. Not lately, but yeah. in the past, for they can try to stink up the years. field yeah. and then get the best player coming out of college. No, yeah. that's not how life works. Mm-hmm. And I I'd never, never liked that about. And once I found out about promotion and relegation, I was like, man, I can't. It's hard for me to watch. Yeah, and it incentivizes a lot of positive behaviors. Yeah, there's no tanking, you know, like New York Jets, cough, cough, stuff like that. No, or even NBA. No, there's no tanking. Yeah, Um, yeah. So it 
Yeah, I'm a big fan of it. Yeah, absolutely. So, Man you. when uh, this all came out, you know, we have a little text group with our buddy out in Colorado. Mm-hmm. You said that you were taking a break from your fandom. I probably would, yeah. Had this gone through, yeah, I probably would have stepped back. You know, I, I understand that. I really do. One thing that I would have to say, though, is, you know, this, this wasn't the players. This didn't come from the coaches, anyone. This came from the owners. Mm-hmm. And as far as I know, when I started watching Chelsea, I didn't know the owner. I watched a beautiful game. Mm-hmm. So whatever happens, remember, they're, they're just employees. The only thing that they're taught to do is do their job, which is play the beautiful game. So for me, I'll never, never think, like, Abramovich for Chelsea, he is passionate about the club, but I don't, I don't root for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's got a lot of money that he throws in at Chelsea because he wants – he likes trophies and he likes building a legacy. But it's the players that get the job done. So, yeah, I understand, like, taking a break from it. But at the same time, like, the players didn't have anything to do with this. So, you can't blame them. Oh, no. I would never blame them. It just for me, yeah, it, it would kind of sicken me. So, I didn't, I wouldn't want to, yeah, watch it as much at least for a little while, but also I think that would be the only way they would listen, the only way it would, if it did go through, and viewership dropped, money dropped, eventually it would hurt them, and they would listen. Like, I mean, I wouldn't be buying, like, Man United shirts or watching the games as much. No, I would, I'd feel like it was – I'm trying to help in that sense. Well, if you want to stop buying shirts, just have Nike design them. Mm. Ooh. Gosh. There's some hideous stuff out there. My gosh. Just look at Chelsea's third jersey. It's like a, a salmon. Yes. Oh, yes. Going How could we forget? How could we forget? <laughs> oh going way God. downstream. Oh, my gosh. It's awful. And then you got Puma making a Paisley jersey, and you're like, gosh, why can't we? Why? Be, why? Yes, God, why can't I have so that? It's so beautiful. Yeah. Oh. Well, at and, least you didn't look like a zebra. Yeah, that. Like a psychedelic zebra. Apparently, Chelsea's. Home jersey next year is like four different zigzag patterns, like kind of stacked together. I hope it's not. Oh my gosh, it's going to be Ooh. so trashy. Dang, it's can't so, wait. No, <laughs> can't wait. I can. Well, so I think I described how I feel about Chelsea being involved. I did not like them. Being involved in this, I understood that, yeah, they didn't want to get left behind. But when – I mean, I kind of understand if you get something at the last second and it's like, hey, you're instead of making $130 million for winning the Champions League, you're already guaranteed $200 million just to start this league. You see the numbers and you're like, why not? Mm-hmm. Getting it at the last second, you see those dollar signs – euro signs pounds whatever sterling Mm -hmm. you know you you're like yeah this kind of makes financial sense but in the long run you got to do your due due diligence Mm -hmm. and really go through that whole thing because it it would have destroyed football but the thing is this isn't dead 
That's what everybody needs to understand. This has been coming for years. Yes. I mean, when we started watching soccer in the Premier League, you know, it it changed. It went through a cycle as well. Oh, big time. So it's something's going to happen. I mean, just look at this new Champions League that yeah. I, I mean, mean, if if they, you know, let's say they were only kidding about the Super League and just use it as a tactic to get these reforms done, well, job well done. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think that's a little beyond all of them, but yeah. I mean, they got some reforms. I think they're going to suck. I mean, I think, it, you know, FIFA came in and said, we're going to impose sanctions on this. Like mm-hmm. anybody, any player that plays in the Super League will not play in the World Cup. How many players would have been like, okay. You know, every player. Everyone. Well, as like- much as as I like clubs, these guys want to wear their nation's badges. They want to represent their country. So if you tell them that they can't represent their country in the World Cup, big problem. Yeah. So it's – I'm very thankful that this didn't happen. So, yeah, it's – Super League, I don't think it's the end of it. No, I think think it'll be back probably within 10 years. And come on, the Super League – that wow. was that was actually the premier, uh, the history of the Premier League. That was the first name they thought of when they started the Premier League. What was it ninety two? That was going to be the original. Then they changed it to Premier League. Okay, Premier is a lot. better. It is than a lot super. better. Yeah, Super League is yeah, it's basic. <laughs> Not so super. Uh-uh. All right. Well, we got a little bit of time, Joe. A couple of things we also wanted to go over. Um, Jose Mourinho. Yes, the only manager of the Super Super League team to be fired. (laughs) Yeah. So this was kind of same day this happened. Tottenham was like, oh, man, this is a great time just to throw dirt on top of this. They basically buried Jose Mourinho in just Super League dirt. Oh, yeah, just shoveled it on top of that corpse. So the special one, the happy one, the insane one. (laughs) The, he is <laughs> out of Tottenham. Yep. And gone. Got quite they, the payout. Yes. So this guy is actually pretty smart. Every time that he's been um, fired, you know, they basically sever his contract. He still gets paid. I saw somewhere where he's been just from being fired has made fifty million. Fifty million. That's insane. Oh my gosh. Well the cycle I mean, gets shorter and shorter. It was, you know, oh three years. You got three years. No. Was it eighteen months? He start it's he's in half now. He's probably still getting paid by Man United. Yeah. Oh I have no doubt. Yeah. I mean he's he's brilliant. Yeah, that give him credit. So do you have anything that you'd like to say to Jose on his way out the Premier League door, or would you welcome him back at <laughs> Arsenal? Ooh, oh, <laughs> I'd love to see that. Because <laughs> he's going to ruin whoever he probably goes to, unless he just can somehow change you know, his whole persona. Uh, from what I understand, like the Real Madrid years kind of broke him a little bit. 
he just became crazier, like more obsessive, more you know combative. Well, the the Spanish league is like a soap opera, and he was already a soap opera in himself. So yeah. he he just went there and was like, oh. You mean I can act this crazy and still yeah. get away with I it? I can eye I ga- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> gouge. Oh they don't even gosh. allow that in UFC. Oh wow! Yeah, no, I can do that. He um, yeah. I mean, he was just like openly in war with his own team, like half of his team in those days. So, yeah, I would love to see him. I think he either goes back to Portugal, with some team, maybe Benfica, who are down a little bit, or um, you know, I had an idea. I had an idea. I'd like to see this. Take a team. I want to see what he can do. He's, you know, he's always obsessed with buying players. Oh, so and so didn't let me buy the players I wanted. He gets obsessed with these players. Blah, Give blah, him blah. a Burnley. I'm so. If you remember, he started his career as a, what, I think a translator. Okay. Like one of the first jobs he had. Translator when Bobby Robson, rest in peace, uh, in the early nineties. Uh, no, I guess late nineties. Um, you know, was the coach of Barcelona. Okay. Jose worked on his team and, you know, was kind of Bobby, you know, Sir Bobby Robson, very old English guy, great career uh, coach. But yeah, Jose helped him out, kind of got his start. And Sir Bobby was like, yeah, this guy has a lot of talent. He's, and, you know, Jose kind of took over some of the, you know, the lectures because he, you know, spoke Spanish and everything um, from Sir Bobby. Now, Sir Bobby. If I'm not mistaken, ended his career coaching. That's the last I remember at Newcastle. Steve Bruce has got to be on his way out. I would be back in if Jose could be a little humble and wants to recapture that fire. I'd back him for Newcastle. I want to see what he could do with the Newcastle. Well, they're saying Rafa wants to come back to Newcastle too. Well, that would be the smart move. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. Yes, I completely agree with you. Give him a team that he actually has to work mm-hmm. with the players and make them better. Yes. Because there's not many players lately that he's turned into. No. He did something with Harry Kane. Yeah, he leveled up, no doubt. I think only thing he told him was like, hey, if you want the ball, go and get it. Go back and being involved in it, which is what I tell my kids, you know. But kids that I coach, I don't have any kids. I've got 22 yeah. <laughs> young ones. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I don't see any other players that have really improved under him. Nobody did at Man U, right? Mm, very few. I can't think of anybody. Yeah. There might be some. I don't know. Yeah, like his Porto days when he first came up. Yeah, see if we can recapture that. I'd like to see him at, at a Newcastle, for instance. Yeah, something like that might would be fun to watch. It might implode in six months, but he hasn't been in Germany. Do you think he could take a team in Germany? I don't think that's too fast paced for him. I don't think they would like him. I think, I like I said before we started this, um, I think he's perfect for the Italian league. Defense minded, strategic. Yeah, I think he's he's yeah. Go back. Go back yeah. to Italy and get you I mean, a his, job. Yeah, his time with Inter, yeah, he yeah, has a lot of cachet still. Yep. And highly regarded over there where he's burned a lot of bridges in England. Yeah. I mean, I would like to see um, – yeah, I'd like to see him try something like a Newcastle. I think yeah. that would be fun. Okay. Um, I mean, who do you think for Spurs' new coach? So there's been a few names that have been thrown out there. 
Um, one is the Ajax coach, mm-hmm. which, you know, being a Spurs hater. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't like to see that because I like this coach. I think he should stay at Ajax. I think he'd do really well. He'd bring over some of the Dutch players, and I could honestly see if he did go to Spurs, Spurs and United doing some type of trade for Van de Beek. Oh, Van de Beek. Yeah, I could see that easily happening. Mm. Um, And then you got – the Raj. Hashtag the Raj. Brendan Rogers. Um from your, your man. Oh yeah. The Raj. He um recently has said no to the job from mm. everything that I'm hearing simply because he feels that he has a young group of good players at Leicester and they can only get better. And I completely agree with that. Mm. They're third place. They're probably getting back in the Champions League next year unless they have another fallout in the last few games, which it doesn't look like. Nope, nope. They're in the FA Cup final. I mean, they're just they're playing great football. Like I can't I don't see why he'd want to leave, but you never know with the Raj. That's true. I mean, he does have something uh, of an ego. He has a little bit of an ego and he may look at himself in the mirror one day and be like, "You know what?" Actually, look good with a little little chicken, a little chicken on my shirt. <laughs> that might look good on me. Instead of a fox. Yeah, yeah. So. I mean, I don't blame him. He has a really good thing going. I do think, yeah, in a medium to longer term project, the ceiling is higher at Tottenham than Leicester. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, Tottenham were invited to the Super League. Leicester were not. I mean, that tells you a little bit right there. But yeah, for time being, I have yeah, I, I would stay. Stay where he is. Um, I think he would be good. Like you said, it's probably not going to happen. Scotty P. Be another option. Scotty P. Former Spurs player, doing good things with Fulham. It's not going to be enough good things, but I think that'd be a good, a little bit outside the box pick. Graham Potter. Okay, I could see that. What they're also saying is Gareth Southgate. Oh. England manager. Hmm. That'd be interesting. I think there's one guy they haven't discussed. I don't know what he's doing. I think he might be the guy. Who? Allegri. Yeah. Max Miliano Allegri, old Juventus coach. Coached Milan, coached Juve. Won a lot. He's been out of the game, I guess, what, a year or two? I know. The last thing I saw, he was learning English, looking for – you know, he had one eye on the Premier League. Okay. I think he has the clout, the ability. I mean, he could be the guy. If they can't land some of these other names, I mean, I, I would probably go with him. Yeah. Yeah, well, according to today, that you know, they also had Julian Nagelsmann. Mm-hmm. But apparently he is already signed up with Byron. Yes. Yeah, he so, would have been the ideal guy. But, I mean, I think he's from, like, right outside of Munich. Really? I mean, wow. yeah, he's like, like a, as a child was a fan. Like it was, they gave him a five-year contract. They're like, start a new era. We don't want to keep chopping and changing coaches. Like, this is your team. Do it. Yeah. And, I mean, he's about the end at a cycle of some of these players. So he's going to start bringing stuff in. He's been doing amazing things at Leipzig. Mm-hmm. And yep. what's crazy, Jesse Marsh. Oh, yeah. 
the American. Yes. Taking over at Leipzig. Oh, Good for yes. him. Oh, I love it. And another name that has been mentioned for the Tottenham coaching job is um, actually um, Rangnick. Hmm. He, he's with RB in some sort of fashion. He was a coach. Yes, he was the – yeah. yeah, this guy's Previous. got a lot of cloud as well. Yeah. So um, I don't know what he's doing right now. He may be like a technical director for RB, mm-hmm. Salzburg, maybe Leipzig because they're, you know, brother, sister companies. Yep. You know? So that's, from what I understand, there's a lot of German coaches that are, that he's made into little disciples. Yeah. Including. Like a coaching tree. Yes, and including like of Mr. Too Cool. Yeah, Too Cool. Tommy too. Tactics. <laughs> so, well, and let me throw out one more name. Okay. Ralph Hasenhutl. Yeah. Yeah, that would be good, but man, I think he They've gone off the rails. I know they if we have. We were talking like Christmas. Oh, he'd be the hot name. I know, but he's when they beat who was it? Liverpool. And he cried, yeah. Yep. He got down on his knees and they cried. Peaked. <laughs> they peaked. Man, he just, I think he bleeds Southampton. I, and he looks great in the little warm-ups, man. Looks uh-huh. good. So, I don't know. That would, obviously, I don't want to see a coach like that go to Tottenham. But they've got to bring in something. So, because Ryan Mason, <laughs> no, 29 years old, I mean, it's pretty sad when your captain's older than you. Yes. And you're coaching him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's not going to last. So. But I will say that their captain, Hugo Lloris, he seems like he's like a, a nice French wine. He's getting better with age, man. Mm-hmm. He's yep. getting really, really good. Was it, I thought there was one more thing, Joe, that you wanted to discuss. Hmm. What would that be? Let's see. Are we talking about? Sir Harry of Kane? Yes. Ah, yes. Where do you think he's going to go? Hmm. That's a good one. Who can afford him? I think he's probably going to stay put. Now that Mourinho's gone, I think the contract he signed is just a huge albatross around his neck. He can't really get out. You know, Daniel Levy is a very, very tough negotiator. It's going to be very tough for anybody to get him away. Nobody in England will get him. I think the perfect, perfect team, just how he's been playing this year, dropping back, switching around. I don't know if you saw the Man City Spurs game yeah. this weekend. Like, no striker. He could fit right in. He can be the striker. He can alternate with KDB. I mean, I think he, if he jumps, I mean, they had like, tw- what, 20 shots or something crazy? If the, you put Harry Kane in those situations – He's, 30. Getting, he's getting 30, 40 goals a year in the yeah. league alone. I think that, to me, if I was a neutral, I'd be like, that's the perfect fit. That's that like makes the, sense. That's the capstone on a great team that's losing Aguero. I think if they get Harry Kane, that's, that, that's lights out. Because he, fit, he fits some more than, you know, we talked about early in Holland. Yeah. Like Harry Kane now is such a creator and drop deep, switching around. I think, yeah, he's the finished article that could just jump right in. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. My, I, my money's on him staying, though. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I don't think Daniel Levy would be 
dumb enough to sell him to anybody in the Premier League. Yeah. I don't think that's going to happen unless it's like Mbappe and Neymar money. Yeah, you know, it's like offer you can't refuse. No. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so where does Tottenham go from here, though? It's a good question. I think the coach is going to probably dictate where they go. If they go with, yeah, somebody is going to be thinking long term, well, maybe Harry Kane is like, I want to win now. Let me pressure. Let me put pressure. Let me see if I can force my way out, potentially. I don't know who can afford him. But, yeah, I think it's going to all depend on the coach. So there was a quote from Harry Kane back in 2017. He said, in three years' time with this team, if we don't win any trophies, then I probably need to figure out my future. Yep. Here we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is it's never going to be better than right now, the timing for him. I mean, he's only getting older. Uh, yeah, there's no telling what will happen. I think this is his best bet. If he wants to win trophies, if he can make a move to a Man City or something, I mean, that's he, yeah, he would be foolish to – if he's wanting to win trophies, it's not going to get any better. All right. Well, good talk, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, good. There's been a lot of upsets going on lately. This is what I love, the, like, you know, the championship time. Coming to the end of the season, the relegation battles are going on like crazy. Newcastle decides that they actually want to play some football. Oh, man, just great things. But we have to say goodbye mm-hmm. to Sheffield United. Yes. But we get to welcome back. Canaries. The Canaries, yes. Norwich and Watford. Yes. Troy Deeney. <laughs> Troy Deeney. <laughs> so that's going to be fun to see big old fat Drake in here. Yep. Yeah, chubby like, Drake. Oh, man. So – Anyway, guys, we really appreciate. I hope you uh, learned a little bit about the Super League if you didn't know what was going on. Um, we appreciate you listening. Yep. You can always email us at SearSoccerStuds at Gmail. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at SearSoccerStuds. But you came for the footy and stayed for the accents. All, All right. right. Until next time, studs up.